Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. All right, Maggie, we are here for another week. Um, I think this is our third episode in a row about Unbound, which... (laughs) Yes. I feel kind of bad about, especially if like you're not into gravel cycling. But I mean, as you'll hear, no. Unbound is just kind of what brought us this story, but it's definitely not all that this next story is all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so on the show today, we've got a tandem team that did Unbound together. We have Tyler and Tim, um, and you'll hear from both of them, both absolutely outstanding gentlemen. Um, But let me tell you about Tim, and then Maggie's going to tell you about Tyler, and then we're just going to dive right into the show. Get into Um, it. So Mr. Timothy Hornick is a retired Army officer, licensed social worker, and a certified assistive technology specialist championing, that's a hard word to say. That is who champions veteran causes for 13 years. Works more uh, harder. <laughs> he is the Blinded Veterans Association Chief of Staff, overseeing educational and volunteer programs, board of directors and membership relations, and partnerships with the Department of Veterans Affairs Blind Rehab Services and Section 508 programs. Basically, Tim is the shit, and he's getting things done <laughs> for other blinded veterans. Yes. Uh, Unbound 2023 marks Tim's third completion over five attempts and his fifth year hosting cyclists with disabilities and veterans compete at Unbound. Through these roles, Tim advocates and empowers individuals with disabilities and their support networks to forge new pathways in life. And his captain at Unbound this year is Tyler Epstein. And Tyler is a high school teacher and coach. He has been cycling since 2012, and he is absolutely obsessed with it, which you can hear anytime he's talking about bikes. He rides road, mountain, and gravel, and he has a YouTube channel called Ties Rides, where he shares his cycling experiences, kind of from like a first-person point of view, I'm understanding, which sounds like a great way to know how cool cycling is. Uh, And he, he acknowledges a lot that cycling has absolutely changed his life. Yeah. And these guys have such a cool story. Um, I found out about Ty from YouTube. We met at the rule of three race and then I texted him while we were unbound to see, cause I knew he was going to be there. And it turns out he was in the dorm room, like four floors above me. Uh, so he was like, stop on by and say hi. And I did. And that's when I found out that him and Tim were riding on this tandem together. As you'll hear, uh, they had only ridden together a couple of times before this, um, had never done anything like this before. Uh, and so definitely a true adventure and a really, really good story. Um, so we hope you guys enjoy this one. And uh, remember to like, subscribe, share the podcast, leave us a review, all that good stuff. Um, but let's get on with the show. Let's do it. Hi, Maggie. Hey, Marley. How's it going? I'm so... Oh, sorry. Hold on. Okay. I'm Is that on. better? Can you hear me I better was, now? I was wondering. Yes. I was like, no, you're yeah, on your mic. you sound far away. 
Yeah, uh, the mic was on the floor next to me. Uh <laughs> I mean, you know, we could still hear you. It just, again, okay. sounded like you were standing at the far end of a hallway yelling at us. And nobody likes that on a podcast. Uh, so <laughs> we've got a really exciting show this week. Um, we a couple folks that I met uh, actually initially at Rule of Three, which we talked about a little bit. But then I got to meet the other guest uh, at Unbound. Um, he's waving at us now. But we've got Tim and Tyler who rode a tandem at Unbound Gravel. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. I appreciate you all inviting us on board. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, before we dig into the fun of it, and we have it, I mean, like, there were quite a few tandems at Unbound, um, but you guys are special in a number of ways. Uh, but before we dig in, can you tell us about yourselves? It doesn't matter who goes first. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, so uh, my name is Tim. I'm the blind stoker that sits off the back of the tandem. And best way I describe it is that I'm the guy that's in the back uh, whipping up the mar margaritas while Tyler's doing all the heavy work. And I'm just the guy chilling out on the back. But other than that, uh, my name is Tim, blind dude that uh, just has had a very interesting life as you cycling as a great way of uh, really trying to redefine who I am, my image, and uh, just get a good sense of getting out and creating community connections and having a lot of fun because you meet a lot of cool people on bikes, especially oh, yeah. on the back of the bike. That is true. And Tyler, who are you? Uh, my name is Tyler Epstein. I live in Belton, Missouri, which is about 25 minutes south of Kansas City. I am absolutely obsessed with bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes, gravel bikes. I started riding about 11 or 12 years ago, and it has absolutely changed my life. I'm also a teacher and a football and wrestling coach, but uh, I'm the guy who was on the front of the tandem. And when they needed a person to pilot the bike, they said, all right, first of all, who's dumb enough to say yes to this and who <laughs> rides a lot? And so um, I think I was the natural choice and it worked out pretty good. So I love it. it and how did, oh, go ahead, Tim. It is in that order where whenever we're looking for someone to get on the front end of a, a blind tandem, uh, we always find a person that's uh, who's uh, suicidal enough to, to go and take that fun <laughs> risk. And then it's like, we'll, we'll care about what you can do on the bike later. But first, let's just find someone that uh, has that th low enough threshold of uh, humor. And uh, Tyler's a great guy for it. Oh, I love it. And you you both mentioned we. Um, and I see, Tim, on your um, name you're with the Blinded Veterans Association. Um, can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, BVA, we're one of the uh, handful of congressionally chartered veteran service organizations. Uh, all Our history goes back to 1945. Uh, and the cool part about the organization is we're trying to get uh, blind folks uh, out doing cool things because uh, being blind is one of those isolating conditions. It's one of those disabilities that when you look at it, it's the one that no one wants. It's like, you know, hack off a limb, you know, do this to me, but take away my sight. It's always one of those harder ones to go ahead and uh, always shop off. So anything that we do as a blind individual, the cool part of it is it immediately becomes a fun team event. We don't do anything as individuals, which makes it, in my opinion, one of the funnest disabilities to have because you know, it's I I don't go out walking and running or cycling alone. I do it with a group with another individual that's next to me. And that just makes things so much more fun is when you rephrase what's normally an isolating condition into this opportunity of being able to have fun and get out and engage with others. That, that's that's the fun part of it. 
I love it. Um, So Tyler, how did you get associated with the Blinded Veterans Association with BVA? Well, I, I, first of all, I, I don't, I'm just kind of learning this as we're all learning it right now. I've, I've ridden with Tim five total times. Uh, oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm learning about this myself right now. Uh, so a guy that we both kind of know who um, he reached out to me, they said, well, first of all, they asked our, my friend, Micah, Micah Gordon, they said, Micah, do you want to pilot this bike? And he said, well, I'm already racing the 100 and I'm going to try to, you know, be competitive with that. But I know a guy named Ty who would be probably good for this. And so then he gave my name to the guy that I kind of knew. And then that guy reached out to me and, and here we are. And so then I said, let me think about it. That guy's name was Corey Smith. Corey hit me up on Instagram. He's like, Ty, would you be interested in piloting a tandem bike for Unbound 200 for a blind veteran? I said, holy crap, that is insane. Like, let me think about this. I had a lot of anxiety at first. I was like, that's a lot to yeah. take on. I've never yeah. ridden a tandem. I don't want to fail. Like, I don't want to let this guy down. And it took me about 10 minutes. And when I said yes, I was all in, like 100% in. I got in contact with Tim. We met for a few practice rides and the rest is history, I guess. And that's one thing just to go and just touch upon Tyler's anxiety. It's it's a real thing because whenever you're talking about tandem riding, most people barely will do it with their partner. Yeah. They'll barely do it with their friends. Uh, they might throw a kid on the back just because, uh, you know, kids are small and generally they're, uh, you know, pretty repairable when they fall off. Um, but when it comes down to, you know, putting a complete unknown, so you don't know what the person on the back, you don't know the blind person's capabilities are. Tyler had no information or stats on me or just any concept. So just to go and have, uh, Micah and Corey reach out to Tyler to ask this question the last week of April, first week of May, of you know unbound is four weeks away not even to go and get told it's like hey you want to do this really audacious uh way of adventuring through unbound it's like it's it's no kidding so what tyler had to go through that processing even though it only took him 10 minutes to say yeah it's still one of those things where it's like that's a lot to have on your shoulders which is one of the things whenever i look at my pilots uh and tyler it's like this is never something easy. You can just never go and say, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and do it. No problem. It's a, what am I getting into? And so it's, it's a, it's a real thing. So Tyler was absolutely a huge hero for that one. Cause um, unbound, this is my fifth unbound six. If you want to count the, uh, the group of us that got together in uh, June, 2020, that's all the locals. Um, but otherwise my, you know, fifth unbound third finish and my normal pilot, Greg Miller, He's the uh, coach for the paracycling team for U.S. Army. Okay. And he got tapped to do the Warrior Challenge that starts, normally it starts the week after Unbound, but this year it started the same day as Unbound. So he had a bow out and that's where all this with Tyler came on board of, hey, last minute, we need someone to come on board because, yeah, who wants to go and sign up to do 200 miles out of the blue with I someone does. you don't know? As it turns out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And yeah. that's the huge part. So, um, well, I'm skipping ahead to the end, but would you ride together again? I would 100. I, I don't. I can't speak for Tim, but yeah, I would. 100% <laughs> again. We're, 
I, I was waiting for Tyler to get back. He just did a, a vacation with his partner. And uh, it's one that I was just saying, it's like, hey, let's get back uh, together for a rise or any events coming out type deal. Of Yeah, just, get, just give that little chance for Ty to settle back in. But no, I'd love to go ahead and uh, do more uh, off-road fun adventures. And I even uh, started to poke around with Ty while we were out. Uh, during on bottom just saying hey i need to get you on the road because you're you're just an absolute beast uh on the front end of that bike and what he's able to do on a tandem so it's like we need to get him all over the place yeah oh my gosh well let's revisit unbound um so a couple weeks ago on the show i gave my recap um excited the 100 miles but i want to hear about your how your 200 mile went um i know you finished spoiler alert um but you know take us through the day you were staying in the dorms um take us through you know bike setup prep the whole deal um tim go ahead okay so i'll do the general bike setup um just because when it comes down to tandems um there's a lot of tandemisms that go into it. There's double it as much as people think that tandems is easier to ride on these types of courses. It's actually more challenging. Uh, and that's just because if we look at the conditions of unbound that I think at this point has been very well documented um, to go and say those were challenging uh, times is to minimize it. Um, but when you talk about that, that on a tandem, there's a reason why for the tandems, there was a total of, I'm doing a quick math in my head, Four tandems that total finished to 200, and I think only two tandems that finished to 100 out of, I'm guessing there was at least twice that many tandems that were out there to begin with, mm -hmm. or that registered at least. Um, there's a reason we have a high, we have a high failure rate because of, well, it's a bike. Um, and so with our tandem, it's a nice, it's a very special, it's a, uh, was loaned to us by Dr. Mike Reynolds, who him and I have been sponsoring uh, paracyclists and disabled veterans and unbound since uh, 2017 as a way of just getting more cool people doing cool things here in Emporia because, you know, Kansas gravel and the Flint Hills is absolutely beautiful riding. But um, so all of his equipment is, you know, he lives there in, in Emporia. So he designs it specifically to handle the challenges of riding throughout Emporia and the Flint Hills. So we were on a Bingham, which is a titanium frame. It was running uh, DI2, uh, which gave us some uh, funness that we'll talk about uh, here in a moment that uh, gave us a single speed tandem for about 60 miles. Uh, but otherwise, you know, beautiful bikes, 29ers, uh, it's uh, 2.1 inch tires with the, uh, you know, of course, you're going to throw the inserts in it, uh, hydraulic disc brakes, of course. Uh, just because you need as much stopping power when you are talking about a tandem team upwards of probably 300, almost 400 um, pounds, maybe uh, somewhere in that 450, 500 pound range. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm about, I'm about 220. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm about 6'2", 220. So I'm a pretty big rider. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Clydesdale. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, so, I mean, once you go and you factor our weights as weight of the bike and then the fact that we're carrying, what, like five pounds of water? Yeah. <laughs> it's unbound. You better have water to <laughs> all the folks that said about not having water at the, at the sacks. I was like, you've lesson number one for unbound done enough times. 
you better have water to get to your sack point. Don't yep. rely on that neutral because that neutral is n- not always there. So it's like you have water to get as far as you need it. And if you don't, it's like, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I, I don't, but anyway, so. No, I actually uh, love that because I'm of the same mindset. Like I think a lot of folks and not to digress, I think a lot of folks went to Unbound completely unprepared. Um, And it yeah. is a, it's a beast of a race. You got to be fully, fully self-supported. That's the way that it came up. And that's the way that I got into it. So it's anyways, we'll, we'll get into that planning part. But anyway, so that's a general uh, layout of the tandem set. I'm carrying 130, 140 ounces of water plus enough food to get me through a week in the uh, wilderness. Um, all yes. the necessary uh, backups that we can possibly use. Um, and Ty, what do you got on you? Um, I had 50 ounces of water on my back. Um, I had two 20 ounce bottles with my nutrition, um, on the bike. And then I had a lot of stinger waffles. Um, and then I saved kind of the gels and the, uh, the tasty stuff towards the end of the race. Cause I know it's harder to eat those solids early on, but we had a lot of CO2s. We had a hand pump. We had three tubes. We had tons of plugs. We had Dyna plugs. We had everything we need needed, and we actually uh, gave CO2s uh, to a few people along the way, trying to help out. Um, but yeah, we were. I was afraid at mile twenty after the mud section, we uh, the chain fell off, and there was something with Tim. What was it called? The the timing system. It's, yes. Uh, so on the tandem, what connects the uh, pilot with the with the uh, stoker is a timing chain, and okay. so that that chain is very crucial to uh, do that um, power uh, dis- uh, dispersion from the front to the rear. So when that thing pops off, it's like you know that's like anything else. It's it's like you it's like having a single bite with your chain fall off. Now it's like it's it's a very important piece that once again is tandemisms. It's all about double the failure uh, possibility rate. Yeah. So yeah, well, like- ours was off around mile twenty, and we we were afraid it was going to keep falling off because it was really loose. The chain was loose, and I said, "Tim, can I take a link out?" And he's like, "Well, I'm not sure." He was trying to call the mechanic, uh, so we just put back on and we kept pedaling. We got to the neutral water stop, and this guy was there looking at the tandem, and he says, "Hey, your your pedals are out of sync. Is that how it's supposed to be?" And I was like, "I don't know. I guess." Tim's like, it is. And the guy's like, yeah. And I was like, seems to be fine. But it, it was kind of felt funny. And Tim's like, that's why it felt off. So we wrote it like that for until the first, I guess, uh, SAG station, which was like seven miles, 78. Um, but I was like, dude, let's just keep going because we had a few mechanicals and I knew that time could be an issue with the yeah. cutoff. So I knew. I knew in the back of my head, like we've got, while we can move, we've got to keep this thing moving and we've got to move fast. So, uh, the chain stayed on till mile 78 and then they kind of fixed, sort of fixed the issue when we got to the first sag and then we were able to, uh, to roll on. Nice. Um, so you mentioned, uh, riding single speed for a while. Was that part of the chain issues as well? Or was that a separate mechanical? Uh, that was the, uh, DI two, the, the the wired electronic shifting it was so wet and so mucky i think something uh messed with the wiring 
and I couldn't shift. I had no shifting because as the pilot, I control the brakes and the shifting. I had no shifting. And so I was like, shoot, I, I can't shift. And we were in a gear to where we were just spinning. I was like, dude, we've got to get in a decent gear. So we, we got it to work. I don't know, Tim, did we get it to work or did we just manually sh- like put it in the gear we needed? We did a combination of both because it's just like anything else on this type of race. It's like you do whatever you can. I don't care if you're whipping out bailing wire to get stuff straightened out. It's that's just kind of what we had to do where we just had a you know fortunate moment. We forced it to lock into a gear because the gearing on the bike is fantastic. We were able to easily pedal up all of the uh, climbs. Up until that point, at which point it's like, you know, you go in single speed mode on the tandem and it's like, yeah, but it's, it's a whole different ball game. It, yeah. I mean, we were though, we were single speed for, I don't know, like he said, 60 miles, 50, 60 miles. Yeah. Um, and we would have to attack the hills and take our momentum into the uphills because we tried to ride everything we could. So we didn't have to get up, get off and walk. Yeah. Um, so we actually cleaned the first five category climbs. There was eight and we, we, we cleaned them. No problem. Uh, but then when we had that issue, we actually had to get off and walk the bike. So. Did you have to walk any of the mud sections? <laughs> and I love Tim's just laughing. He's just yeah. laughing about the whole thing and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> okay. This might be a dumb question, but I mean, how do you do that, Tim? Do you just like Tyler, do you guide the bike and Tim, you hang on to it? Is it just not a wrong? dumb question at all? Nope. Um, so uh, we would come up onto the mud and we would try to ride as much as we could, but then there's that fine line between you don't want too much mud to get caked up. I mean, everybody who did this race knows if you try to ride it, you just get mud caked up in your rear triangle and the front fork. And so we would try to ride what we could, but then we would, we would get off and walk and I would just uh, kind of navigate. Tim would hold the bike and I'd say if there was a rock, for example, coming up, I'd say, Tim, pick your feet up, rock coming or Tim, let's work our way to the right. We're going to get off the road into the ditch and walk mm. in the grass because there's less mud. And Tim is, uh, I mean, Tim's blind and it's amazing how well he does. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. Like we were passing people while we were walking. He did like the guy's amazing. Like he has some kind of six, uh, six sense to where he like could know where to go. I don't know. It's wild. It's too easy because ultimately I'm just holding on to a bike for guidance, at which point it's all about feet placement. And, um, you know, as a major shout out just for some of the different gear and components that we had, the Please, Shimano yeah. gravel shoes. I mean, uh, I forgot, Tyler, what, whichever ones I'm using. The, the same ones. ones. They're the RX-8s. They're light. Yeah. You, they, they, we were able to clip in most of the time, but we have the same shoes and they, they're fantastic. And they did a great job with great traction in that mud, on the rocks, on the tall grass as you're walking through it. And as I said, I've gone through a fair share of um, mountain bike and gravel shoes over the years. And it's like, you know, these are one of the few ones that's like, yeah, seeing out there, you know, we had good purchase and good grip on um, on all of it, even when we were just walking up the normal rugged um, hills. Uh, but even in the mud section, yeah, it was all great. So yeah, we did, we had a, we had to walk the main section that everyone has commented on. Mm-hmm. And then there's two other sections that just because of, you know, being on a tandem and the time of the day and the additional rain that we had, we also walked uh, two other sections that were somewhat passable. Uh, a lot of people rode over, a lot of people rode on the grass. 
And just for safety's sake, and just to make sure that we're able to finish, so we just didn't cause it, you know, we did walk the two other sections. One was coming out of that neutral, uh, the second neutral way station or in the 128 range-ish. Yep. Where five miles down. Yep. So we, we had to do that one. Uh, which I was, also what, walked miles. part of part of that section. It's we, we try to ride part of it, but it's like, why risk? It's, yeah. Adventure riding, endurance riding, you take the risk that is going to get you to finish. You don't take the risk that's going to blow you up. There's no reason to mm-hmm. blow up on these races. It's do what you can while you can, when you can pace yourself. And if you get good times, great. If you finish, fantastic. And that's it. That's your goal. So it's that's why yeah. with the muds, we did those. And what was the last one, Ty, that we did? It, it was after it was, it was shortly after the Yeah, it was after the very last sag. I don't know, um, maybe 30 miles left, about 30 miles left in the race. And it was pitch black and it was about a two mile stretch. And uh we walked all of that. And uh, everybody did, though, you know. Yeah. What it's, what time did you end up finishing? Uh, we, we were just shy of uh, 19 hours of total course time. So I think right before 1 a.m. Is that is that like 1247 a.m. or something? Something. Wow. Know. We finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we 19 hours. Yeah. Seriously. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so I guess going back a little bit and there's a specific thing I want to dig into here, but prep for the ride. Um, so, you know, you said you, you rode together four times before. Um, but as we are prepping for this, Tim, you mentioned, uh, that Zwift doesn't have very good accessibility. Um, so can we dig into that? Oh, I'd love to. So here, here's one of my favorite topics to talk about, which, um, I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's something that is crucial to understand, why it is that within different disability communities, we see different engagement levels and different capabilities from the populations. And especially when we talk about athletics and fitness like this, where it's all about the tools that we have to train. So as a sighted person, um, you have the capability of being able to ride a single bike whenever you just about want to, as long as the conditions are favorable for you to ride. Uh, so you can go out, ride, ride your bike. If you want to ride your bike around the block, go for it. Um, I mean, that that's one of the great things. I'm limited to only being able to ride with a, another person on the front of the bike, which then means that all of my training is limited to indoor training, especially for this type of uh, situation where that does require it it requires special training in the fact that I'm in my mid 40s, so I just need to be training. Period, for um, for a couple of other reasons that's related to health conditions. Um, that uh, I just want to make sure. So when we look at virtual training, we have our major players out there. We got Zwift, we got Wahoo, and System X. Um, and then we got Trainer Road. Those are our three main indoor training apps. Um, there's others. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, we got RGT. I mean, RGT is who now. Um, we got Kinemap. We got uh, a whole bunch of others out there. Um, but uh, if we really boil it down, we just have three. Zwift, Wahoo, and Trainer Road. Of those apps, Trainer Road is the only one that's actually engaged within the uh, blindness community to talk about how can we make the app accessible. Great. Mm-hmm. It is a good app. It's power-based training. 
Uh, and it's all based on those formulas of, you know, here's your rest time, here's your time that you're hitting it. So it's all about that power. Uh, it's all power-based training. Um, then we got Wahoo. Wahoo does a combination with uh, Sufferfest, uh, of either having power-based training or some of their fun stuff, or they got their RGT, which is like Zwift. Uh, Wahoo Sufferfest is mostly accessible. Blind person using a screen reader can use it, uh, but not everything is completely workable. Uh, RGT, completely inaccessible, which brings us to where Zwift is. Uh, for a blind person like myself using a screen reader, um, and by screen reader, I'm referring to I'm using my iPad with voiceover. That's the built-in screen reading capabilities found on all Apple products. Um, it completely does not work with it. However, there's some tools I use within voiceover that allows me to inter interact with it and be able to gauge. And why do I pick an app that, even though we've reached out many times, uh, in fact, they have a disability team uh, that's part of their research for diversity inclusion team that's looking at how can we make Zwift more usable for folks with disabilities. This is why you see hand cycles come out a year and a half ago. It's a part of that research project. They have researched us in the blindness community of asking, you know, what do they need to do to get the app to work? How can they, you know, make it work for us? So we keep filling it in. They keep doing a research project and we keep saying, ultimately it comes down to the same thing all of y'all at Zwift. It's, you know, you just make the app accessible and we can start using it and then we can have more conversations. But right now it's at, at, it, they add a huge barrier by not giving us that initial chance of just even making those initial menu screens accessible for mm -hmm. us to use. And why am I harping on Zwift so much? And why don't we, why don't I just use Trainer Road? I've used Trainer Road since 2017 um, as my primary training app, but there's only so much fun. This is the other part. Mm -hmm. Key part about fitness is, is it fun? Are you? Yes. Mm -hmm. No, forget everything else. Fun. <laughs> um, the only reason I ride bikes. Yep. Bingo. That's it. It's uh, so not saying trainer road's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's exactly what you just said, actually. <laughs> and I don't disagree. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Swift. You got group rides. So I joined my buddy Greg and I joined others where, you know, we got FaceTime going on in the background where they're looking at me on the bike and, you know, we're just talking over face, just like anyone else is doing on Swift. That's like, you got yeah. your discord, you're, you're in that group ride. You're in that and you're having fun. You're talking mm -hmm. with others. I have, I don't know if it's showing up on the camera, but I have a Wahoo kicker set up with the climb and the headwind and everything. Yep. And so it's it. like, I, perfect. So I get that gradient feel. I know when to shift because I used yeah. to be a cyclist before, um, you know, losing my sight entirely. I, I used to go and have fun. It was my way of commuting to work because I couldn't drive mm -hmm. a car. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's I, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, so, I love it. Yeah. You can just like feel the excitement in your, in your voice. Um, yeah. well, if anybody from Zwift is listening, which I think they are, um, you guys should reach out to Tim. Um, Listen more. Listen more. We can give you the, his contact and you should fix <laughs> this because it. it's not okay. Um, actually kind of on that topic, um, we're, we're working on making the all bodies on bikes website accessible. Um, there's a program called Accessibe. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but, um, about to start working with them to make sure that all of our pages are accessible and adding alt text to all of our Instagram stuff. And 
it does take a little bit of extra effort, but it's worth it to make sure that everybody can um, partake and get all the information. I'd appreciate that because it's the little things in life that um, access to information is a right. It's not an option yeah. anymore. It's, it's a right. So 100%. Thank you. Of course. Well, yeah. And on that note, Tim, how can how can random people on the street, but cyclists specifically, because we're talking about this, how how can we be more supportive um, when we're out on courses uh, with with riders or just interacting with y'all on the street? So best way, number one, step one, number uh, one. whenever you're whenever you're working with anyone with a disability, it's always asking, how can I assist you? Never assume that you know what to do to assist. And Ty, mm -hmm. Ty and I, you know, he did a great job with this uh, when we we're out on the course. And every time that we were riding uh, the tandem together, where it was always more about, you know, I'm going to do this. For, it, it wasn't that that ever popped up. It was, you know, what do you need? And so it's getting those conversations about, you know, put put me, put the disabled person in that driver's seat to make those decisions. Yeah. Um Whereas, you know, when we're actually on I, uh, Unbound, it's, you know, Tyler, it's all up to you to get us through this because I'm just hanging out on the back. Um, that That's too much damn effort. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, you know, so that's number one. Number two is, you know, be willing to reach out uh, within the community around you to ask, hey, uh, if you got some bike handling skills, you got a tandem that you might have bought for your partner and you find that your partner doesn't like riding, and you got that tandem laying up in the garage, you know, just reach out within the blinds community in your local area to say, hey, anyone want to go and pop on the back of this? Because I have it sitting in the garage. I ain't doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's so. And, you know, just start trying those communications. Uh, the other way is to on Facebook. There's a lot of groups. There's a blind tandem uh, group. There's uh, blind and sighted guides groups. Uh, get with them and just say, hey, if you got a tandem or if you like running and want to guide a blind person, get within those groups on Facebook and just say, hey, I'm here if someone wants to try it. Because, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm interested in trying it. Uh, I'm just thinking of that person that would be joining that group that's sighted. But it's be willing to step out and try it. Um, there's some other groups out there, uh, United and Stride, uh, that the Massachusetts Association of Blind, along with my buddy Richard Hunter, uh, put together. And this this pairs sighted guys with blind runners. But I'm sure there's a way of being able to use that to find other sports. Um that people might be interested in. There's the Blind Stokers Club and they got their Excel database that you can go ahead and just put your name on and people look at that to see who's around them. And you got other organizations. You got Achilles International, you have Team Echelon and you got Team Red, White and Blue that all have their uh, paracycling uh, adventures of being able to pair folks up that want to do cool things together like what Ty did, which yeah. that's the other way is, you know, don't be afraid uh, to give it a try. I'm not yeah. saying sign up and do 200 with someone you don't know. <laughs> Trust me, that that's a, that's a level of insanity that, uh, uh, sorry, Ty, it's, it is. <laughs> Respectfully, respectfully <laughs> insanity. It, it, it's and a cool one. Yeah. It all worked out in the end. Like there yeah. was definitely, you guys took some risks on with this because it could have gone absolutely horribly, uh, but it didn't. Uh, what were your favorite parts of the day from both of you? Just curious. Um, so I think, I think my favorite part of the day was, uh, there was two, there was two, two parts of the day that, that was a lot of fun. Whenever the storm hit, um, we kind of just, we were riding into it and 
it was absolutely beautiful. And it was hot before that. And we were both, I think, kind of hurting at that point. And that storm really cooled us off and kind of brought us both back to life. Mm. So that was really cool. We got hailed on a little bit. It was pretty heavy rain, but we just kept pedaling. And then after the last mud section, when we were just cruising, and I, I kind of think I, I knew we had it in the bag, uh, that last 20 miles, you know, we talked the whole day, but we really had a great conversation the, those last 20 miles. And I really, really enjoyed that. It was like the hard suffering's done. You're at like mile 180 and just having that great conversation with Tim. Uh, that was probably my favorite part of the whole day. I love that. Yeah. Those last 20 miles, they do fly. Cause that part of the course is also a little bit downhill. And mm-hmm. at least in my brain, once I make it to like mile 60 or 70 and I did the hundred, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm almost done. Like I can do 30 miles all day long. <laughs> Uh, Tim, what were some highlights for you? Um, so that safe section that Ty started saying where we were kind of both hurting, he's very much doing an understatement at that point. My body was uh, just like shutting down, just mm-hmm. barely, barely putting out any power to the extent that I was like, Hey, Ty, this is all I'm going to be able to get for now. Um, and like you said, you know, part of it was just at that point in time, we were coming off the hottest part of the day. So, you know, my body was just absolutely wrecked. Uh, at that point, but then that a lot has cooled down and Ty just watching him and his coaching through that section to get me out of that dark cave was absolutely phenomenal. And then you had those Bob Ross happy clouds coming in, dropping all that wonderful rain and hail on us. That was beautiful to just go and experience. Um, the uh, other section now I'll say as much as people give it gripes is I absolutely love the mud sections. It's it was fun walking through them, navigating through them, hiking through them, because it's that's the unique part of being out here in those types of conditions is the uniqueness of having that experience. It's just not a, hey, I'm going to hop on and just do gravel. It was, let's challenge ourselves in some other ways. And that mud was a unique way of challenging yourself that you can't train for, you can't mentally prepare for. And you just have some interesting conversations with people as you're walking by them because you're walking, you're talking, you're just able to look at things differently and just be like, man, this, just think that it's like, you know, not, not the, I want to rage quit, but look at it from the, this is really cool. Where else can I go to have this type of experience that is totally outside of what I train in my comfort zone. And, um, Special kudos if anyone has any pictures of my little mud snowman that I built at the end of that section. Just a little small thing that was about a foot high. So I, I got it, it on video. I got it on video. Yes. So. I was I think I saw that on maybe Ty, it was your YouTube video. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in seeing uh this uh shit show, uh <laughs> <laughs> it's Ty Ty's rides on YouTube and then uh it's the unbound video it's it's like a 19 minute video but i kind of document the whole experience so that's that's ty's rides on youtube and we'll we'll include a link to that in the show notes um you were actually that was one of the first videos i went and watched after unbound i was like oh does ty have his video up um because i love your recaps like you know we can talk all day about this but there's something special about like having the gopro footage and showing the mud and like just like that little snowman i don't know it's just such a I don't want to say you have to be there to experience it, but I think you do a really good job of conveying the experience to folks who weren't there. So I I appreciate that. Yeah, Maggie. Oh, thank you. Maggie, you got to watch it because we're going to do it. Maggie 
has decided that we're doing Unbound next year. I ha- I thought somebody told me that. Oh, I'm having I'm having I'm having an episode. <laughs> well, I've got to say because we did a recap with you. We talked with somebody else today that did Unbound. Now we're talking to you guys, and I'm just sitting here and just like in my little heart, I'm going, I am so left out. Why was I not there? Well, next year we'll bring you there. Next year, um, I love what help both- y'all need. Exactly. Yeah. I love that both of y'all, like, I'm confident that at least half of the people that were there would say that the worst moment was the storm. And I love that both of you, as your favorite moment from the day, are like, we loved when it stormed. Yeah. Um, I, was, like, I was, like, scared. I'm The light, like, lightning kind of scares me. Right. And I asked him, I was like, hey, should should we shelter um, the, about the lightning? And um, he said, no, it's not so much the lightning I'm worried about. It's more of the muddy roads. The, that tandem is, is a big bike. And when some of that, when that rain hit, a lot of the downhills would kind of get rutted out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if you caught, it happened once we kind of slid. It was the only time that really scared me, but I caught a rut and kind of slid. Uh, so Tim's concern really wasn't the lightning as much as it was the conditions of the roads. So once I was kind of, he eased my mind about the, uh, the lightning, I was kind of like, all right, let's go. Let's enjoy this. We're cooled off, you know, so Love it was it. all good. Yeah. I I, for me, it was wild because like the rain wasn't that bad. Like it hurt a little bit, but it was more the wind. It felt like the wind was blowing sideways. And I don't know if you guys got caught in that same squall. I imagine you did. Um, but uh, same, you know, you just got to it's either cool. I'm going to take shelter out here in the middle of nowhere or I'm just going to try and ride through this storm. Right. Um, well, hey, closing up, uh, we have two questions that we ask all of our guests um the first one and would love for both of you to answer this what does your dream day look like on a bicycle uh i'll start um man i've had i've had some incredible rides (laughs) to be honest the the 205 miles i spent with tim uh i know that's kind of sounds cliche uh but that was like it had everything a gravel event could possibly throw at you. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It was, it was special. It was special. Uh, besides that, I don't know, like mountain biking and like Whistler all day, which I've never been to or some crazy destination like that. Come to Bentonville. It's right down the road from you. Or mountain biking all day in Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. I've had some amazing days on the back 40 and little sugar. Uh, but yeah, I, that race was pretty special. I'm going to echo what Ty said about Unbound this year. Yeah, the entire situation about Ty coming on board uh, without any uh, notification about what he was getting into to the actual day itself, the conditions and everything. I mean, that truly is a remarkable experience. That it just shows the awesomeness of so many people. Ty. Uh, as I'm coming on, the folks that got us all connected, it's all those other pieces that makes a ride a ride is what makes something a dream ride. And that really came through that just showed the goodness of everyone coming together to uh, pitch in and try their best. So, I mean, that's to, to and this, this is just one of, one of the things I would look at when, whenever I think of this is uh, for me, it's not crossing the start line or the finish line it's getting to the start line that Mm -hmm. is the magical part Mm -hmm. because once you cross the start line yeah have fun you're going to enjoy it because you did it 
Yeah. Um, all the hard work is in the bag, but it's that hard work that gets you there. That's the magic. And so, yeah, just everything that tied to the, the rides that we did together, the connections. Um, uh, if there's anything, you know, other ways of being able to rephrase it is, yeah, sure. Ty's already saying it's like he's going to drag me down there to uh, rule of three next year. Yes. Um, one way or another to go ahead and have fun out there because riding in Bentonville, I, it's on my, I want to do this because it's much, it has to do with exactly what they did to that area to make it that happy, friendly, uh, cycling, uh, gravel and off-road mecca that it is. Um, and uh, just being able to do that because that's just going to be really cool, especially with the party atmosphere again. It's yeah, <laughs> it's and all those pieces. Please reach out when you come to town. I would love to introduce you to some folks and take you around and um, just have a good time out on bikes for sure. Um, and so our last question, I'll let Maggie ask this one. Um, but I guess before we get to it, I'm just really want to say thank you to you guys for coming on. And, uh, yeah. when we, uh, I reached out to Ty in the dorms, um, cause I knew that you were there. We had met a rule of three. He's like, yeah, come over and say hi. And it was just like college. I walked across the dorm in like my pajamas just to say hi the night before the race. And I didn't know that you were riding a tandem with Tim. Um, and I was like, oh, we've got to tell this story. Um, so really just you're cracking up over there. What's going on, Tim? <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just the uh, absolute fun imagery of just like, just popping on by in the pajamas. Yeah. Uh, just like, it's like college experience. It's like, it, it's, that's the fun part of the tours is that cool people you get to meet. So exactly. Yeah. And then learn about stories like this and then bring you on the podcast. So um, thanks for being willing to share your story. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And now Fantastic. our last question. Our last question. Talk. We we all get to talk bikes a lot. If if you guys had the opportunity to talk about something else you're really passionate about, what would that thing be? What do you wish more people asked you about? You know, the first thing, man, this is not, not about bikes. I think it's about, you know, mental health. I think mental mm -hmm. health. Um <laughs> With cycling, you know, if you if you're anxious or if you've got something going on, go for a bike ride and yes. it, it will help you. I think there's so many people. I work with high school kids. I'm a high school teacher, and seeing these kids struggle with anxiety and depression and all of these things, and we take them outside for a PE break. Uh, I work at the alternative school, and just seeing them outside playing basketball or being outside, we've got a cat that comes up and visits us every day, and seeing the cat and getting these kids moving when we come back into the classroom, I mean, that you can see the change. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, being if it's not biking, it's it's running, it's it's walking, it's whatever you do, get outside and do something. And it can really help. I think more so than than any kind of medication, even you know, just being yeah. active. So, yeah. if I'm feeling crappy, I go for a bike ride and instantly feel better, even if it's a short one. Yeah, yeah. movement is medicine. Sometimes for me, it's hard to convince myself to actually get outside. Um, but once I do, you're a hundred percent. Then I go and I'm like, why did it take me so long to do this? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Tim, what about you? What's something that you uh, are super passionate about that you wish you got to talk about more? Uh, you, you let me go down and cut my rabbit hole. So I do, I do appreciate it. Uh, with you know, I'll talk about accessibility for uh, a couple of moments uh, there. And, but I'll echo exactly what Ty is saying that you guys also both echoed is, 
it's just the usage of connecting with nature, getting outside as a therapeutic tool to really help you regain focus to whether it's just a quick, quick break or something uh, a little bit longer to help you get reconnected. There's a great concept uh, called forest bathing that's uh, been well documented and researched within the, uh, the literature talking about just the effects of this. And it's one that I don't think we could emphasize enough just the need to within our communities find a way of being able to help people tap into these resources whether it's your local park even um that local walking trail that folks have of just being able to do something and just be able to keep suggesting that because whenever you're doing those things oftentimes like in Thai's situation he's not doing it as an individual with his uh high school students they're yeah. doing it as a group that brings in that community and social aspect to this with um, as i said with tana biking the best part is your team yeah. so you get to bring that together and it's just all all that and how that comes together to really help it out uh it's just a very very important aspect so yeah being able to talk about the role of um sports and recreation within not just mental health services but just life and the role that it can do for us is awesome. Love it. All right. I think that's a wrap, you guys. Uh, thank you again. And uh, what what's the next race on your calendars? For me, um, I'm kind of chilling right now. Um, I'm going to do some mountain biking. I might go out to, to Moab uh, in Colorado mm -hmm. here in a couple of weeks and uh, – really just hanging out. I'll, I'll kind of start doing more races in the fall, but just, uh, just kind of chilling right now. Very cool. Anything on your schedule, Tim? There we go. Blind guys and our, uh, yeah, forgetting to unmute ourselves if we're talking. It's not just um, blind guys. It's all of us. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> so, um, so the next one I got is technically the registration has not opened yet, but the U.S. Cycling uh, National Gravel Championships. That one, September 9th, is definitely on my calendar. There's going to be a pair of classification that I'm just going to be all, you know, gung-ho once that gets posted as I don't care. I'm going to find some way of getting out to that race. I'm just going to be interested to see what they do for the pair categories. If they're going to uh, allow us to race the full race, that's uh, like 121, 131 miles, or are they going to shortchange us and uh, put us down at like a uh, hundred kilometer race? So more to come on that one when those details are announced, but yeah, U S cycling's national gravel champions. I've been doing this para cycling uh, with gravel for, yeah. Uh, since 2016 now so it's yeah awesome <laughs> get to celebrate it yes um well i hope you get to do the full course because that's what is only fair um mm -hmm. and uh you're gonna kick butt so thanks again for joining the podcast guys yeah all right thank you both you I are welcome this is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening.